Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Good afternoon and you are very welcome to Thursday's Late Lunch. This is Barbara Scully. I hope you're all well. As I said, it is Thursday and the weekend is just over there. can just see it. Um, When I was looking at the papers this morning, there was a piece in the Irish Times that that caught my eye and it's about a couple who have decided to move to the Netherlands basically because they couldn't afford to buy a home in Dublin. He works for a bank and she is a doctor. So yeah, both of them are in what I think would be considered as reasonably well-paid and secure jobs and they couldn't afford to buy a family home either in or within a commuting distance of Dublin. In the piece the the guy whose name is David Price says, I could talk endlessly about how this country, Ireland in other words, this country meaning the Netherlands works a bit better than Ireland in every respect of day-to-day life, whether that is childcare, healthcare, transport, mortgage interest rates insurance or broadband. Now his wife is Dutch and he also spent some of his childhood in the Netherlands so they were familiar with the country but just reading the kind of blunt truths. I'm sure this is the kind of thing that when you read it strikes fear into the heart of many parents of adult kids as we grapple with the same reality. That is that our children will seriously struggle to ever be able to afford to buy a home in which they can raise children. I've already lost one daughter to Australia. She moved there in 2011 when this country was on its knees and she and her boyfriend could see no future here. Um, I'm a bit worried at the minute because my middle daughter is out there visiting her and I have a horrible feeling she's also falling in love with the laid back Aussie lifestyle and all that sunshine. My youngest is still here in the final year in college. And, you know, for all that I hate dissing Ireland because I love Ireland and I love living here, the fact that so many of our young people can't see their future here is really a disgraceful indictment of decades of bad government when it comes to housing. In the last paragraph of this piece in The Times, David Price says... Despite everything, however, I can't escape the nagging feeling that it would be great to be able to move back home for our kids. Let's hope that the powers that be can make the pros and cons list I made with my wife less one-sided sometime in the near future. Amen to that. I hope so too. Because I'm sure, as a lot of you probably know as well, having your grandchildren grow up overseas is, um, yeah, it's not ideal. But anyway, I don't want to end on a depressing note because there was also a piece in yesterday's Irish Independent by Melanie. Finn, which showed that although the rate of emigration from Ireland is still high, so too is the rate of people returning home. So there is that. I don't know if that's an 
an issue that has affected you? Have you got somebody living abroad? How do you find it? Have you got grandchildren growing up abroad? Let me know. You can send a text or a WhatsApp to 086 1800 658 and we would love to hear from you. Right, down to business. National Women's Enterprise Day, Ireland's largest female enterprise event, is a full day programme to promote, encourage and stimulate female entrepreneurship across Ireland. It is designed and led by women and is an annual high point in promoting entrepreneurship to women in Ireland. The event for Loud and Meath takes place on Thursday the 13th of October in the City North Hotel. And to tell me about that and about how Enterprise Ireland helped her on the road to her own business, I'm joined now in studio by Sinead Crowther, founder of Soothing Solutions and one of the speakers at the event on uh, the 13th of October. Hi Sinead, how are you doing? Thank you for having me in. Good, good. Uh, uh, sorry, just need to uh, adjust your microphone a little bit there. You're welcome into studio. It's nice to see you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, OK. Um, now, your story is one of resilience, determination and ultimately success. You began your love of pharmaceuticals when you were doing a transition year work placement and you said the woman you worked for in the in the pharmacy was, was a mentor. You then went on to study to become a, um, a pharmacy technician. Correct. And you spent about 20 years working in pharmacies. But during that time, you spotted a gap in the market. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I started in pharmacy and transition year in school. I wanted to go, go into healthcare, So the school set up this pharmacy work experience. And um, the lady I went into, she was part of the community. She was there years and she taught me a lot. She took me under her wing. And I think that's why I really liked pharmacy. I mm. loved watching her help people across the counter. And she really cared. And that appealed to me. And... I did that for, I went on then to do the pharmaceutical technician course in Trinity and went on to work at that for, God, over 20 years in different pharmacies and in hospital. But during that time, it was really obvious that lots of parents used to come into the pharmacy. And even as a 15 year old kid at the time, I was struck by they wanted something for children, sore throats and coughs. And there was never anything really available. There was there was candy um, licorice sticks and mm. glucose barley sticks and they were basically just candy sugar and parents bought them. So fast forward 25 years, I had my own children and I realised that there was nothing developed specifically for sore throats and coughs for young children that was suitable and safe, you know, and that didn't taste awful. Okay, so that was always in your mind yes. that that was that was just bubbling away there yeah. in the background of your mind. As you say, you were busy, you yeah. got children, um, and you were working away. So fast forward now to November in 2016, yeah. and tell us what happened. Yeah, so I had I was separated at that stage. I had four children. My youngest was two, and I was struggling to find childcare in pharmacy at weekends because mm. you know crash and minders aren't available Saturday Sunday. So anyway, I went off to do a shift in work on the Sunday, and uh, my little boy was at home with the minder, and I just got the call. Every parent dreads, and it was come home. There's been an accident. Um, I didn't know that was going to be my last day in that job. And um, when I went home, he'd he'd uh, sustained third degree burns. He'd pulled boiling water over himself. Because from he, the cooker was yeah, it? Yeah, the potatoes had come to the boil for dinner oh dear. and they were just, their back was only turned on them for a miniature, that's all it yeah, takes. Yeah, but it could then, happen you know, to anybody. It was coming up to Christmas, the Santa lists were in, I had no money, uh, you know, money was tight, I was paying the mortgage with the four kids, I was working as much as I could. Row a little bit back now to that day yeah. when, when, when your little boy had the accident, yes. he obviously ended up in hospital. Yes. Yeah, so and what were you told when he got into hospital? So the burns were horrendous, okay. uh, third degree, the worst type of burns on his leg and foot, so that was traumatic enough, but within 24 hours he developed sepsis. Oh dear. And after 10 days he wasn't responding to the treatment and, and it was the eve of my 40th birthday and the doctor came in and said, you know, 
his kidney and liver function are in decline and if you have any calls to make you know you might need to make them and it was just a complete shock and I remember taking his hand and looking out the window in Crumlin hospital and saying please please hang on and I promise I'm going to do something for us for you and your brothers and it will turn our life around I don't know what that is but please just you know hang in there and by some miracle the next morning um he just came around and he, he asked for rice krispies <laughs> and it was the best birthday I was 40 and it was the best um, birthday present thing that could have it was the best sentence I've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah so, it is incredible children yeah. are incredible actually yeah. aren't yeah. they that, that that they can do that turnaround but that yeah. must have been a really I mean that's staring into an abyss that no parent wants to ever have to stare into it was horrendous and it was the financial pressure and didn't want to let the other boys down for Santa and you're just you make these decisions when you're in that position that aren't ideal you know yeah. and I just never wanted to be in that position again right right yeah. so um, your son Recovered. Thank God, he's fine now. He's, he's a how great, old is he now? He's eight. He made his communion in May, and he's a great striker on this little football team, Stamullen FC. <laughs> Brilliant. Does he have any memory of that day of what happened? Uh, he does still. He's terrified of hot water, so we can only have like tepid baths, and oh, he right. won't have hot drinks or anything near him and things. So it does have a lasting impact. It's very traumatic. A born, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Um. So. So your you, your little boy, thankfully, is recovering. Yes, thank God. Yeah. Um, but you're not in a great place. You've given no. up work. So You've that, no money. You're it. at home. Yes. You're a single parent as well at this yeah. stage. Yeah. I don't think anybody understands the responsibility of a single parent unless they've done it themselves. Yeah. I hate to say this because Louise is going to fall off the chair if I say <laughs> this. But in a previous life, Louise, <laughs> she thinks I make this up. I said this about six times yesterday. I was a single parent <laughs> for a decade and I only had one child but it, it, yeah. nobody knows how the weight of that responsibility on one pair of shoulders is huge. It is huge and I mean I'm lucky the boy's dad is in their life and he had them at weekends and um, it was just a re- financial and emotional responsibility of no support you know when you're yeah. on at night and you're wondering how you're going to get through the weeks and you're just trying to survive week to it's week. It's lonely too isn't it? It can be when they're younger it was particularly yeah. lonely because when they go to bed you're essentially in lockdown. Yeah you know you true. can't have a hobby or a sport or anything no, for yourself you no. know and if you've no money you've nothing you know anyway That's the other thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway tell us so is this idea that you had had all those years ago in the pharmacy does that suddenly come back or was yes. it did it had it ever gone away I used to joke the whole time you know if there was uh, quiet spells in the pharmacy I'd be like this is my dragon's den because people would always come in it's a, right, a daily thing and I was off work. did you visualise yourself on dragon's den did you have that actual vision that I you loved could? dragon's den but no I was just a regular mom trying to figure out yeah. the days I didn't ever think I would be doing this that's the shocking thing you just yeah. don't know what you're capable of so New Year's Day 2017 I was sitting down to the laptop I wasn't sleeping I, I had told work I wasn't going back there was a long rehabilitation with the skin grafts mm. and the dressings and Can I was imagine. terrified to leave any of them I of thought something terrible was going to happen so I was up at 5am and I was looking at the bills and the because you couldn't sleep couldn't yeah. sleep no and I googled how do you make a product from scratch because I've been thinking I'm not going back to work I wonder could I make this little idea I have how, how hard would it be and it brought me to this link to a forum and it said do you have an idea or a concept you'd like to explore and I was sitting there at 5am with the second cup of coffee going yes I do <laughs> and I filled in the form and I hit send and this was um, sending it to who who was the form it was from? Enterprise Ireland so right. I had no clue who they were okay. I'm not in business they just know. came up on your Google on search Google search how mm. do you make a product from scratch was the search Okay. and a couple of days later the first working days of the new year when they you know everyone back to work I got a call from Dundalk IT from a programme called New Frontiers that Enterprise Ireland run for anyone who has a business who wants to grow it or who has an idea for a business and they put you on a programme to teach you the steps of how to achieve that. 
And they said, come on in and um, have a chat with us. This is really interesting. And so my marriage had broke down. I was struggling financially. I, my son, your one job is to protect him. I didn't. I felt like I was the worst person and parent on the planet. And then someone says, we're interested in what you have to say. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, like just from a personal point of view with all that going on, it was the first time I felt I had a value maybe. Yeah. And that's the other important thing about these women, women's events. When you go into these um, groups um, of entrepreneurship and that mindset, you have to be with those types of people together, yeah. you know. But it's when somebody outside of your family or your friends says this has merit or you have merit or your idea has merit. That is just makes the most enormous difference to your own sense of purpose yeah. and confidence and well-being and all of that stuff. Yes, because you, I was lost for a number of years. I yeah. always thinking I wasn't doing a good enough job. But yeah, I remember remained in my house. My children had food. We had heat. They had snuggles at bedtime. Yeah, we weren't without anything. But at the time, we didn't have luxuries. Yes. Do you know, yes. but looking back now, I did the best I absolutely could at that time. But you're beating yourself up. You as are. Women, you're always thinking it's oh, not sure, enough. Look, yeah. yeah. So tell me what happened. You went along to this course. So it was a course, wasn't it? Yeah, that New you Frontiers. So it's a program and there's a phase one and it, it it gives you what you need to do and what steps you need to take if you want to set up a business. OK. And then it also signposts where you would go to research. So this this, my idea was a, a throat wasn't for children, a child yes. friendly throat wasn't. It's called Tonstick's Honey Jelly Pops. We're on shelves now nationwide. Um, and I had no clue how I would make that. So they put you into in touch with different groups in Enterprise Ireland that deal with food development. Okay. And then they show you what grants are available for you to get the funding to develop this. So I had no money. I used every grant on the planet that was going. And I did it that way. Wow. So the, the point about that is I was in... Um, overdraft with my bank yeah I was on social welfare benefits then full time and you can do this with no money which it, whatever your motivation is mine was to give us a future a life and so I didn't have to leave the house to go and do a nine-to-five job sure that was a very powerful motivator so anything I needed to do on that program to get me to develop this yeah I did it and I I loved it is the point I didn't know I would be good at this I didn't know I had a natural flair for it everything made sense and I just felt really excited for the first time in a long time. And what difference did that make to your mental health? Because you have said Huge. you were in a dark place, like when Huge. everything was, was at its yeah. worst, yeah. at its lowest point. Yeah. So how did you feel as you were doing this? Alive. Alive. Um, just excited about things. I felt this passion inside. And it, was, it wasn't anything to do. And, and this is the crazy outcome. Initially, it was for my children. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden I realised this is making me feel so good. good. I'm excited again. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about what's to come. And I was achieving things, small things, yeah. month on month. I didn't know I was capable of them. And it's like this this thing in your mind is unlocked. You were nearly it. not believing it yourself, yeah. what was happening yeah. as it was happening. Yeah. So you got the grants and yeah. you got up and running and you got started. Did you have to go to the bank as well then to look for money? Yeah, so the first stop was, so the Enterprise Ireland supports ended and then I was back right. to work part time. And then I approached the Mead Leo and they gave me a primer grant. They gave me a primer grant and then with the primer grant that allowed me to build a prototype of my product because I talked with the food scientist and I knew what it was going to be. Just needed to scale it. But the primer grant, you have to spend it before you can claim it back. So armed with that, I went to the bank. But sure. because the, 
the Leo had endorsed it, yeah. the bank gave me a loan, which was a big deal for me to get into debt as well, a lone parent. I love this story. Listen, we're going to take a quick break <laughs> sure. and uh, stay with us then because I want to hear about exactly where you are now because your story is inspirational. We we'll take a quick break. Don't go away. You join me as I'm talking to Sinead Crowther um, and, and Sinead is here basically to talk to us about Women's Enterprise Day, which we'll come back to in a moment. But Sinead, you were, you were telling us your story, um, which is an amazing uh, story of success. So take us to where you are at now with what is your company called and what is your product called again? Brilliant. So the company was, I named the company Soothing Solutions Limited and that's for soothing solutions for children. Sure. And the product we developed is Tonstix Honey Jelly Pops for sore throats and dry coughs in children as young as two. And can and I just tell our listeners you're actually sucking one here yourself. I am. The honey <laughs> is actually great. I'm hoarse from talking this week for National Women's Enterprise Day. They've put me to work. Um, so the concept is I wanted to develop a child friendly lozenge. So something that would melt in their mouth and it wouldn't cause any kind of choke hazards. Um, children would like it. It would taste good. We've added honey to the honey apple or strawberry flavours because not all children like honey. So sure. it's honey in disguise. Yeah. There's no nasty e-numbers or um, additives. Um, and there's zinc and vitamin C for immune support. So with winter coming yeah. and we know every child gets knocked sideways sure. with bugs and viruses. This is ideal to have in the press, I guess. It's um, one of those yeah. things you have up there with your pain stuff and exactly. all the rest of it. Exactly. Tell us, where is your product now from your little idea that from you had at 5am in the morning? Your yeah. product is now stocked in every major chain pharmacy chain in the country so incredible? I placed the product now I have to mention I got a co-founder on board when okay. due to New Frontiers her name is Denise and uh, she joined me to scale the business there's only so much you can do on your yes. own so without her I wouldn't be here so she's very important to the story um, she likes hiding in the background fair enough um, and we're in all the major chains I kind of still can't believe it myself we've just exported to Scotland and we've just signed a contract with a distributor in Cyprus wow to stock Tonstix honey jelly pops because this is a problem for all children in all countries. It's not money related or your status. Children get sick. What's your business valued at now? So two, three million. Three million? Yeah. <laughs> from from being on loan parent benefit full time, uh, not being able to pull together the Santa list to now have an evaluation of three million. We, we've employed there's nine of us now employed. We've built a purpose-built factory thanks to the investment. We create employment in Dundalk. We're in the Brewery Business Park and we're going to hopefully add to that and Fantastic. just continue to grow. So it's very surreal. I'm sitting it's, here telling you this and I incredible. still feel like a bit of a chancellor. <laughs> you're not a chancellor at all. You're, you're, you're some woman for one woman, as they say. Tell us a little bit now about the Enterprise Day and what's going to be happening on the 13th of October. You're one of the speakers. Yes, so the big reason I'm sitting in front of you now is the supports. I went and got all of the supports that's available. Um, and if you're thinking about a business or you're in business and you're stuck or you want to grow your business, this is the event to be at because all the information will be there you'll hear the speakers and more details about the journeys and how we achieved what we have achieved. And then there will be people from the Enterprise um, Day, the the Leos, to take questions and follow up with you after. Fantastic. And you can just link in with other people if you have a question and it's a great opportunity yeah. to, to meet people who are in the same boat. Fantastic. So if you were interested and if you have an idea um, like Sinead, um, why don't you go along? This is the National Women's Enterprise Day for Louth and Meath on Thursday, the 13th of October. What time is it at? It's from 9.30 till lunchtime. There's a free lunch. The food is gorgeous. There's a goodie bag and the tickets are available from the Meath and Louth Leo websites. Excellent. So you've no excuse. Uh, Go along there and you too might end up with a company valued at three million. Can you imagine it? From Little Acorns and all the rest of it. Sinead, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. 
and continued continued success. Right. LMFM are live today at the Drogheda Bus Depot to celebrate Bus Erin's Customer Day. And Pat O'Shaughnessy is there. Tell us more, Pat. Uh, yeah, Barbara, you, you join us. It's a bit hectic here where you join me because I'm uh, on a bus and if I don't hurry up, I'll be ending up in Dublin here. I'm down by Michelle. How are you, Michelle? You've been with us all morning. What are you after doing? Tell everybody. Oh, I'm just after having the prize draw for the luxury hamper. And this lovely gentleman here, just close to the end, he's won the luxury hamper. So I'm ah. absolutely delighted for him. So we're glad you got on bus here today, are you? Oh, listen, delighted. Absolutely, without a doubt. Which I get it every day. Ah, you, you get this every day with bus here, you do. Oh God, yeah, best service in the world. Oh. <laughs> He's a customer. That's a loyal yes, customer. A loyal and customer. just let everyone know because I'm not sure where that accent's from. Where are you from? I'm a local, Gormiston. Oh, there you are, a Gormiston man on the bus to Dublin wins himself a lovely hamper. Yeah, I'm so pleased for him. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, and thanks to all our customers today that have taken part. And so it's been a wonderful day for everybody. It's and been a uh, wonderful yeah, wonderful day. And we've had the ice creams for everybody. The sun's been shining. Couldn't have been any better. Absolutely delighted. So that's it. Uh, I have to run back to studio. Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you to you. I hope you enjoy your hamper. I have to go running off the bus now because if we don't hurry, Barbara, I'm not joking you. We will end up in Dublin with that man from Gormiston. We'll all be sharing his hamper. Talk to you again soon for sometime in the future. Bye bye. <laughs> that sounds like a great crack down there. That's uh, Pat O'Shaughnessy. Thanks, million Pat. With ice creams and hampers and trips to Dublin that they were planning and all kinds of things. That was Pat at the uh, Drogheda Bus Depot with Bus Aaron for their customer day. Now, don't go anywhere because after the news, um, I have another woman uh, to join us in studio and we are going to be talking to Gail McAvoy from McAvoy Craig Accountants. We're going to talk about, you know, some of the aspects of the of the budget that was announced on Tuesday and how it could affect you or your family. So don't go away. We'll be back after that with that. And you're welcome back. So what do you think of that? Tato Park is now Emerald Park. Do you approve of that? Do you like the name? Apparently they did some research and that was uh, the popular uh, choice. So let me know what you think. You can send a text or a WhatsApp to 086 1800 658. I'd be interested to know if you approve of that. Um, the LFMM, LMFM bingo. Next week's jackpot is €5,400. And I want to congratulate Suzanne Dunn from Ravensdale and Dundalk who won €1,600. She received her book as a wedding gift from a friend who bought it in Taggart's Londis, Old Castle County Meath. Also congratulations to Gertie Carney from Athboy County Meath. She scooped 600 euros and she purchased her book in Smith's post office in Athboy. Why don't you, you know, these cold winter nights settling in, be a nice idea to treat a friend or a neighbour or relative to an LMFM bingo book so they can play in the comfort of their home. They might be lucky like Gertie and Suzanne. You can buy your bingo books online or you can see a list of stockists on the website lmfm.ie and good luck to everybody wouldn't that be a nice a nice thing to have a few extra bob that you hadn't planned for and talking of extra bobs and money and uh, things we hadn't planned for we're living in kind of strange times We'd just finished dealing with a global pandemic, which caused huge financial challenges for both businesses and individuals. We were making some effort to deal with global warming by reducing our carbon emissions. And now we have a war in Ukraine. We have energy prices going through the roof and inflation soaring. So this year's budget was a kind of an unusual one, um, not the likes of which we haven't seen, I don't think, uh, ever. Um, So to go through some of the things and how they might affect you, I am joined now by Gail McAvoy from McAvoy Craig Accountants here in Drogheda. Hi, Gail. How are you doing? Oh, 
Hello, Barbara. How are you? Uh, good, thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to join us. I'm sure you're very busy there. Can we just go through some of the kind of the headline things uh, from yeah. from the budget, starting perhaps with the cost of living supports? And uh, these are particular things, one off very often to help us cope with the, the rising costs of living. Yeah, well, in addition, I suppose, to the increase in the, the pension and the social welfare benefits of the 12 euro a week. So there's some once-off um, payments that will be for anybody in receipt of benefits. Um, the first one, um, which brings to mind, is the double child benefit payment, which is €140 euro per child. That will be paid in November. So anybody with children, regardless of their income, they will get a double payment for November. Um, the, and that's 140 for per child. Then there is obviously um, the once-off double week, which is the cost of living support, shall be paid to all social welfare recipients in October. Um, and the normal Christmas bonus will also be paid in early December. Um, so the, the, there are a few of those uh, supports that have been announced as once-off to maybe assist with the, the cost of living between rent, the cost of food. I mean, everything has increased, yeah. but primarily the cost of fuel, the cost to heat your home. And it does certainly feel these days that winter has started early. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, and, yeah. And of course, there's a, there is a special uh, one-off again uh, payment to help us with those, with those uh, mainly with those winter heating bills. Yes. Now, this is the um, €600. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Electricity credit. Right. So that's per household. And the first instalment of that will be paid this year, this side of Christmas, which is €200. That said, how they're paying the other um, in two instalments, which it will be two instalments. So there's going to be three uh, €200 um, amounts. Uh, they haven't st- said when they're doing that, but I, we will assume early next year is when you will receive it. Um, it's not clear there was talk of the revenue commissioners operating it, and then there was also talk of just um, putting it against your electricity bill. So that's what they did the last time. So I imagine that's the route they'll go down to ensure that everybody gets it. So that means that when your energy bill comes, it will have a reduction of €200. Yes on it at source. In other words, you're not going to get the 200 euros in your paw. No, not. Yeah. Um, but it'll be there to off, but I'm sure it'll be used. I know from talking to a few people, the electricity bills have been massive. So it will be used and then you will get two further payments of 200 each. I'm sure so that, I, that, that's everybody. That's everybody, yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's kind of still got their head in the sand about this and I'm afraid to look <laughs> at what yes. the bills are yes. just yet. I keep thinking I'm not strong enough today. I'll have a look tomorrow um, yes. and see where we're going. But anyway, that's good news. Healthcare as well. Now, healthcare... Um, um, there's been some some really yeah. positive changes here. If you tell yeah. us about those, all positive, okay, um, and all very welcome. Yeah. So first of all, the inpatient hospital charge will be gone. You know, I think it's eighty five euro or something like that. If you if you visit the hospital, that's yeah. gone. Okay, and I think that's from the first of January. And that's gone right. for everyone. Yeah. Yes, gone for everybody. Again, this is so, some of the budget everybody got um, was affected by it, and then some of it was only for certain uh, categories. So there's also they're extending the free GP care to uh, children aged six and seven by the end of 2022. So that that apparently is going to bring in 400,000 people into it, or 400,000 children um, into that uh, free GP care, which will be expensive. Um, and then they're um, expanding the free contraception uh, to include women 
who are 16 to 30 years, it was only up to 24 years or um, before that, but it's now from women from 16 to 30 years. That's very that's very welcome and, and that should oh, have been done from is. the outset, but that's very welcome. Yeah. Can I just go back to the free GP care and ask you a quick question, Gail? That sure. the, They've added in, as I say, the children um, age six and seven, but have they also kind of increased the uh, means testing uh, limits there so that more people will get a, um, a medical card? Yes, yeah. they will. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. so anybody uh, looking for a medical card, the, the gap is going to be um, widened that you will qualify for Great. that. Great. OK, just yeah. wanted to clarify that. Great. And then the last one in healthcare, I think, is the um, uh, financial support for access to IVF. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. But that was campaigned that for quite a while that mm. they've been campaigning for that um, and that, that has come through now which is very welcome and there, there's also something else that it, it came under the VAT um, but it, it does affect um, healthcare um, anybody who's uh, receiving HRT treatment or um, nicotine replacement therapy that's going to be VATable at 0% now where it was oh. um, at the higher rate yes so that there is something um, there that it, it was kind of in there but it wasn't very obvious but it falls under the healthcare so that again that's positive So your HRT will go down Excellent yes, exactly Oh good news good news Now housing housing yeah this is an interesting one. The help to buy scheme um, will continue. Can you give us an idea what what does that mean? What is the help so the, to buy scheme? The help to buy scheme is where you get a tax refund um, up to a maximum of 30,000 uh, per couple um, uh, off, off your it goes straight to the developer now of the cost of buying a new house. So that's the help to buy scheme. That's going. It was due to end at the end of this year but it's been extended until the end of 2024. Okay, now it has to be a new house that you're buying on that one. Um, In addition to that, there's a new rent tax credit. Now, that's been spoken about widely um, because this has been brought to the government several times that the cost of renting a property for students, for anybody, is colossal. So they're bringing back this uh, rent tax credit, which will be €500 per person uh, paying rent um, from 2023. But it can, if you're currently paying rent, it can be claimed for 2022 as well. So I imagine that would be at the end of the tax year you should be able to claim that. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a whole lot, is it? When you no, think of the rental... No, considering the, the rent prices. Yeah. And it's not just the cost of rent. I think that, well, while that is a problem, it's the lack of rental properties available. Yeah. You know, that, that that's driving the price up, but um, you know, the supply is so low. And the reason being that a lot of the landlords... Um, the accidental landlords primarily are leaving the rental yeah. market. And these are landlords who became landlords after the last crash when they couldn't they sell did. their sell their properties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. Was nothing they could do. So they are now they brought in um, a little bit of help for them. Okay, that pre-letting expenses will now be um, allowable up to ten thousand. So if you're spending money on a property that you are renting, yeah, um, and the, the cost of everything these days, ten grand is probably you know for a refurb what you will spend that is now uh, fully deductible yeah. okay and the property only needs to be vacant for six months whereas previously it was 12 months so they're making that a little bit more appetising but I probably I don't think that they've done enough in that area yeah no the other thing maybe just to mention is the fact that the it is quite attractive if you have a spare room in your house to rent a room still because Indeed. you can earn yeah. up to how much can you earn up 14,000 
tax-free. Tax-free. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you have the room. It really you know? is, yeah. Particularly if you're taking in students who mightn't be there with you at the weekend. It, yeah. might, it might be just the arrangement they need. And it's a nice little bit of income that's tax-free. That uh, Now, you can't claim expenses against it, yeah. it, it but, but nonetheless, it's a no-brainer from a tax point of view. So help with um, those, help with those uh, winter bills that are going to be uh, quite high. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They've also introduced, and I presume again this is to try and do something about the appalling situation as regards housing, they've introduced a vacant homes tax. That's obviously to to get people not to have their properties vacant and to do something with them. Yes, they have. Um, and that this is, it will come in at the uh, three times the LPT rate, whatever the LPT rate is um, that you're paying on that property. Okay. Right. Um, and it, if they're occupied for less than 30 days in a 12 month period. Right. Okay. Now, the so other thing. Discourage that. The other thing, thank you. The other thing I thought that was was interesting is uh, under education. There was quite a bit happening under education. Um, I think probably um, a lot of our listeners will be delighted to know that uh, there will now be free school books for yeah. primary children. That's that's that should have been done again decades ago. Um, we were pretending yeah. we'd free education when we hadn't. But that that's got to be very welcome. What else yeah. is there under education that people can kind of look forward to? Right. Well, so um, primary schools seem to be getting it. Okay, so mm. there, there's a reduction in the pupil teacher ratio in primary schools too, um, which is it's a historic low. Yeah. Um, twenty three to one. Okay, so twenty three students per teacher. I mean, I remember uh, when it was back at thirty. Uh, oh, to so one. do I. Yeah, yeah. So that that's excellent. The free primary books, which you had mentioned there. Now there hasn't been a huge amount of detail as to how they're going to operate this because I don't know. I know from my own children when they went to school, uh, it wasn't actually the books that caused the problem; it was the workbooks. So I don't know yeah. what they include or what the, what the situation is with those. <laughs> yeah, um, and then there's um, an additional six hundred and eighty-six special needs um, teachers being made available, and a uh, thousand. 
1194 special needs assistant assistant so that that um is great you know that um, is very good and again long overdue that long, long overdue. overdue and i think the schools are also getting money to help with the rising energy costs okay yeah. and here's one now that finally will affect me third level students will see a once off reduction of 1000 euros in their college yeah. fee college fees are about Three are they three thousand a year? It comes in at roughly three grand per yeah. per student, so it's now going to be two. And that's, and that's just for this, this year. year. Just for this year, I feel though that um, it's something that they may be throughout there this year, but do intend to look at it. I know that um, it, it, it's a hot topic at the moment, the cost of uh, going to college. It's something sure. that's under review. So this might be a temporary measure to, to get you over the hump when yeah. they, while they're looking at maybe doing something a little broader in that sector. And tell us a little bit about the SUSE grants, because um, obviously a lot of students would be on SUSE uh, grants. And are, are they going up? Now, they're going up, yeah. All Susie maintenance grants will be increased by about 10 to 14% in September 23 with a once-off double payment before Christmas. Okay, so that's again good news for... Yeah, for all good news. Yeah. Good news for the parents really more than the students, I think, in most yes, cases there. Yeah, yeah, it is the parents paying it, sadly, yeah. And um, tell us just a, a briefly about that. There's some supports for businesses as well to help them with energy costs, isn't there? Yes. So depending on the type of business you have, and it's not depending on the type of business, sorry, it's depending on the level of increase in your fuel costs. So, so what they will do is, and we'll give, say, this October as an example, they'll take your energy costs for this October, um, October 22, and compare it to October 21. And if it's gone up by over 50% or over, they will give you 40% of that increase. Oh, okay. That sounds yeah, pretty good. Pay it to you. So that's very good. So for the likes of hairdressers and cafes and people who are using quite a bit of um, uh, energy, yeah. uh, if, if it's increased by 50%, and from talking to clients, it has increased by that already, yeah, yeah. Uh, they will get that 40% payment. So it's a well thought out. That, that's... Um, a good support that's out there. An intelligent one, says you. I can it hear you is. say an intelligent yeah, I one. Want to say that. Yes, yes I can hear you. I can hear like reading that. between the lines there. Yeah, we need more intelligent <laughs> budgets. And just yeah, finally, yeah. then obviously, and we mentioned this earlier in the week, uh, kind of the the the, net, the downside of that is that the VAT rate for hospitality is going to go back up from the nine percent that it was reduced yeah, to to help businesses great. through COVID. Yeah. And I know yeah. there's a lot of restaurants aren't happy about that particularly because they feel that the hotels <laughs> dragged them into yeah. that by. Yeah gouging with uh, earlier in the summer. Yeah, it would have been. I may. I don't know how easy it would have been to separate them, but it it, it could have been done because I do think restaurants and cafes are really struggling. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, with trying to keep staff and trying to pay energy bills, and it's it's very hard to do budgets and projections and all of that sort of That's thing. That's right. Um, so uncertain. The cost of even training a staff member. Yeah. In. Yeah. You know, so 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 that's not good for them. It would have been nice for them to to maybe sure. separate it out. Listen, that was great, uh, Gail. It was a bit of a whistle-stop tour there through the budget, all yeah. explained in layman's terms and easy-to-understand language. I appreciate that because I was dreading doing this because okay. <laughs> I'm not good okay, at numbers. Barbara. So thank you so much for joining us. That was Gail that was McAvoy awesome. there from McAvoy Craig Accountants in Drogheda. And you're welcome back to Late Lunch. This is Barbara Scully with you. Now, I am delighted to have my next guest on the phone, Sharon Shannon, national treasure and musician extraordinaire. How are you doing? Hello, how are you doing, Barbara? I'm very well. It's really nice to talk to you. I believe you're coming back to draw the next month. We are. Yes, yes. On the 15th of October. Brilliant. At the the TLT. At the TLT. And you're bringing some mates with you. I sure am. Yeah, it's... um, 
Francis Black, Mary Coughlin and myself. Brilliant. And this is a show you've done, I think, before in Drogheda, didn't you? Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember now when it was. Because uh, we do know the shows together, the three of us. We've been um, doing these type of shows for a good few years, maybe 10 years now or something like that. Oh, great. And tell me, what can what can people expect on the night? What way does the show work out? Are you all together or you, do you do your own bits or what happens? Um, a bit of both. What, what, we, what we do is um, usually Mary or Francis they take it in turns to go first. Right. Um, they have, and we have um, two or three musicians with us. Um, so, like, it's a small band. So either Mary or Francis goes on first. Why don't you um, go on first? Uh, well, the, the way the way it works out <laughs> is there's a break in the middle, you see. Ah. And then I go on after the break. I'm always third. You're, yeah. Um, so just it just seems to work out better that way, the variety wise. And then um, the, the 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 last quarter of the show is the the four, uh, all of us together. Oh, that must be a right hoolie then, is it? Oh, it sure is. Yeah, we really look forward to it. It's always um, always really good, good, good crack all together. Fantastic. Uh, the are you? Are, the girls are absolutely fantastic, and so are the lads. The band are really, really fantastic musicians as well. Brilliant, so, brilliant. And yeah. are you guys, because the three of you were, am I right in saying, were the three of you all involved in A Woman's Heart back whenever millions of years ago that was? Yeah, we were, yeah. Um, Mary Coughlin wasn't actually on the the, the, the the original Woman's Heart album, but she was on one or two of the other albums. Ah, right. Yeah, so Mary's been involved in, in, in a good few um, Woman's Heart projects as well, you know. Since uh, that. How long ago was that? That was there was an anniversary for that there a few years ago, wasn't it? Was yeah. it Woman's Heart twenty years ago? Oh, I'd say it's more like thirty. Oh really? See yeah. I, I don't realise how old I am. Everything to me seems to have only happened like relatively recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten but years goes by very very quickly. I tell you it does. It goes by quicker the older you get. So the yeah. show is on in the TLT on the fifteenth of October and uh, people can get tickets from uh, the TLT website for that. It sounds like an absolutely brilliant night. I want to ask you about something else, if I may. Of course. Because yeah. you are responsible for me making a complete idiot out of myself on a regular basis when I am I live in the city, but when I'm down the country and I try and get down the country as much as I can, particularly down around West Cork, and I have been known to stand at a gate with a field of cows playing the music off my phone to watch their reaction. And the reason oh. I do that was a video I saw of you a number of years ago where you whipped out your accordion yeah. and you started to entertain a field of cows. Tell me what happened. Uh, you've obviously seen the video. Uh, yeah. Well, I I grew up on a farm, so I know that um, animals, all animals, farmed animals, um, especially cows, are very, very curious and very inquisitive, and um, they seem to love music. They do. But, uh, yeah, and uh, they will come running. Like there, there could be hundred, there could be hundreds of them, and and they'll be even if it's a huge field and they're miles away. If they hear the music, they will all run. It's, extra- it's extraordinary their reaction and they do all I mean if, if people want to Google that video of Sharon Shannon playing music to a field of cows you'll find it easy enough but all of the cows came right over close and they were list- they were watching like they were engaged with what you were doing Absolutely yeah oh they love it yeah it's, it's, it's a lovely video um, and tell me when you when you play music from your phone to them how, yeah. how do they you get a, you get a reaction. You do get a reaction. Yeah, cows are very, very curious. But I find even, I've kind of, 
I've kind of stopped because I go to the same place all the time and I, I just think the locals think I'm a bit mental because I also shout at donkeys very often and donkeys <laughs> love coming over to you as well and donkeys are really, really friendly and love a bit of human interaction. Um, yeah, and, and did, they, did they come running? Like, did the cows come running? To they didn't the run. They didn't run, but they yeah. all come over. Like, they mosey yeah. along over. You know the way I think cows are very zen and they kind of, they mosey along over, but they're, they actually seem to really like that kind of interaction. Um, yeah. And it just makes me feel that we don't really understand what animals are about. Oh, absolutely. I think um, if you watch like any animal, any animal is treated, if treated as well as we treat our our pet cats and dogs, any of them will be amazing and really, really show enormous um, kindness and and, and just willing, wanting to be loved and cuddled and any animal will will be the exact same and you can as a cat or a dog if they're shown the same respect and love and you can there's proof of it all over the internet with videos if you want to see yeah um, if you want to see it like even a hen or a duck or a goose or anything like that they're um do you live with animals amazing. mary do you still live like with animals around you i do i have um um, rescued dogs and cats. I've um, five dogs and nine cats. <laughs> okay, you put me into it. You put me in the shadows. Then I've four cats, and I thought that was bad. You've nine. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I've a way to go. I'm going home cat, to tell you're a cat lover as well. Uh, good on you. Yeah, no, I love. I love cats. I absolutely love cats. I mean, they're, they're as gorgeous, contrary yeah. as as anything. Um, I've one who's three legged and who's extraordinarily contrary. But um, no, I love cats and 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 I have a dog as well. Um, and I know you're involved. I think with with uh, you're you're a patron of one of the dog rescues. I think yes. as well, aren't yeah, you? Madra, Madra, Madra in Galway, and and Madra stands for. Um, as you know, as most people know, Madra is the Irish word for dog, but it, it also stands for Moots Anonymous Dog Rescue and Adoption. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're based in out in Connemara in Galway, and they do fantastic work um, re- re- rescuing unwanted um, and abandoned animals, and you know the, the dogs. Um, taking them out of the pounds, etc., and um, they do, you know, they, all that, you know, having to to treat animals for um, injuries, etc., and um, just to re- re- rehabilitating animals and getting their um, trust back, yeah, and stuff like that. And it all costs money as well. So um, I'm involved with them to, to you know, in. Fundraising activities and stuff like that as well, and and just and shine, um, shining a light on on the work that they do. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing, really, really fantastic, and I'm very proud of them, and um, really proud to be uh, part of the organisation. Great, great. Well, I'm sure yeah. they're very happy to have you on board as a, as an ambassador for them. Um, and to, in my mind, anybody who is kind to animals and who likes animals and who understands all of the, what you've just explained um, about animals' need for interaction with humans and how we should change our attitudes is a fine person as far as I'm concerned, Sharon oh, Shannon, as well uh-huh. as being a tremendous musician. So well, listen... Barbara. <laughs> Listen, I wish you the best of luck with the shows and draw it. I'm sure there'll be a sellout and I'm sure it'll be a, a great night of great um, foot stomping music and great crack um, and uh, continued success to you. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, thank you and thanks to the listeners for, for listening as well and hello to you all and goodbye to you all. And if there's any cows listening, a special hello to the cows, right? Oh, hello cows! <laughs> <laughs> this is Blackbird by Sharon Shannon.
And you're welcome back to Late Lunch. This is Barbara Scully. Um, I think most women in particular uh, understand that our society doesn't really value the work involved in caring. Um, This is most likely probably because we still live in a patriarchy and because women have traditionally been the carers and because caring doesn't create the thing that is valued above all others, material wealth. But without caring, our society would cease to function and we would be reduced to automatons. So has the budget helped those who care at home? Joining me now to talk about this is Tracy Carroll from Navin, a longtime advocate for carers and mum to Noah, who I think is age seven, and Willow, age four, who has cerebral palsy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Not too bad. Did I get your children's ages right? I'm just... No, they're a year on. So that's Noah's what... eight and Willow's five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suddenly okay. had a feeling that that was the case and I was I was taken away yeah. years from them. <laughs> I think we've all lost a bit of time in COVID. So Do you know, isn't we're it... We're all a bit behind. Isn't it true? I, yeah, I'm going to reduce yeah. my age by another two to three years. I keep forgetting to oh, do I that. I stopped getting older <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> wise, wise woman. Yeah. Um, Tracy, um, you say that the budget has left carers behind again and that they're not recognised as a working community. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, um, well, really, there's nothing in the budget um, that would excite me, Barbara, to be honest. We got the one-off payment, which, you know, is Every- to, to deal with the living crisis. But the day you become a carer, you start living in a crisis. So from day one, you know, and, and there's men caring as well. It's not just a women's role. But as soon as you become a carer, you're actually in crisis because the day Willow was born, my job was gone. She's 24-7 care. So you're financially you know, in a crisis, you're mentally in a crisis, you're physically in a crisis because you are that sole person that that child will rely on or that adult who cannot look after themselves. They're incapacitated. So you're there for their every need. So your life is on hold. So you're in a crisis from day one. And the financial strain on a family can be huge. The mental pressure on a family, you know, relationships, siblings, Everything is taken, you know, from you and you have to sort of stop and reset and see where you can go from here. So it's, it's a crisis, you know, from, yeah. from day one and fighting for support and services. And every day you get up, there's something, there's a list, there's paperwork. So you're constantly on the go. Um, so and you're the budget gave, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Can you just give us for, for our listeners who, who um, you know, aren't involved in the kind of caring that, that Willow requires from you. Can you give us a, a kind of an idea of what a day in your life looks like? Like what time do you get up at, for example? Um, generally about five, um, always before six. Um, and I get up to give myself that time to be prepared because it, it takes you know, so much extra time to get ready in the morning. So Willow has cerebral palsy and she's all limbs affected. She's peg fed, she's non-verbal. Um, she's relying on me for absolutely every single need. So to feed her, she's peg fed. That takes time. You have to vent her, you know, which is taking the wind out of her stomach through the peg. Then she's on medication and it's all sort of in, you know, broken time frames. So you can probably hear her snoring in the background here. Yeah, I can, I can. <laughs> she's asleep in the back of the car. Um <laughs> So, you know, actually before, you know, we kind of go, God, she snores now. Prior to, you know, in our early years, we kind of slept with one eye open, afraid she wasn't going to make it through the night because she was sent home under palliative care. And now she snores. So 
the, the world here. So, but um, every single need is catered for by me. So, you know, obviously I'm still running a house and I have Noah who's eight and you're getting him out the door to school and then John is there as well. So you're trying to manage the home, you know, look after everybody else. So you need that extra time. So no day is ever set in stone. You right. get up and hope that will go the way that you planned. But anything can happen. Willow has epilepsy as well. And thankfully, we kind of have that managed through medication. But you have to make sure you get a meds in. So, you know, everything is sort of in, in time blocks. Yeah. So there's no real freedom or flow of the day. And it is 24-7. I mean, if she's not well, she woke up this morning at 3 o'clock. Right. So I'm awake with her then till half 4 goes back off for half an hour and back up to five, you know. Um, wow. And so do you ever it, do you ever get any respite? Do you ever get... We, uh, we have... Um, we get 12 hours HSC a week and we have Jack and Jill hours. Um, but we lose Jack and Jill in December when Willow turns six. So we're reliant on those 12 hours a week. 12 um, hours, which is Lord. very minimal, really. And, and I try to use that time to give my time back to Noah and John. Um, so there's no real so it's not like you're taking yourself off to recharge your own batteries you're just changing your focus a little bit for those 12 hours the idea of a health spa is opening the dishwasher door you know that's about as far as it goes (laughs) oh god Um, Um, you know I I don't like calling myself a carer because I'm their mum yeah but you know it's a caring role but you know I worked for 25 years before I became a carer. Willow suffered a brain injury at birth, so I went in thinking I was just going to come back out with this little bundle of joy yeah. and my life blow from underneath my feet. And I contributed to stay for 25 years. I had a good job, and then all of a sudden I'm left in this crisis. Yeah. So now the budget has offered us, you know, they've given us the, the one 500 euro payment once off. Yeah. And we're also going to get the fuel allowance. But what they fail to see as well is that our usage of fuel and heating is much more. You know, is. It's, it's constant. So we would consume, you know, maybe three times more than somebody else. In some cases, you know, depending on the needs of that person. So that six hundred euros to us, yeah, to, to someone else is probably only worth about two hundred to us. Sure. Um, and then all social welfare payments, you know, were increased by twelve euro. But three and four carers don't receive carers allowance because it's means tested. Yeah. So they don't look at the needs of the individual being cared for, which in obviously Willow's case, it's extreme. Even down to shoes and clothing, they're all specialised shoes, specialised vests, which is all an extra expense. So it's not just, you know, one vest for Willow, it's 12 euro. Wow. One vest, you know, yeah. and she obviously has to wear one every day. Um, so the point so you're making is that all your costs, that if you like the normal costs, are are higher anyway because of the special yeah. needs of the person you're caring for. I presume that you think, Tracy, that uh, carers should be paid a wage for caring, regardless of their circumstances. Well, well, I've actually, well I actually had worked with. Um, I was working alongside Damien English, and I've had meetings with Anne Rabbit, and yeah. you know, I even had to, you know campaign to get Willow a classroom put into Noah's school so she can go to a school because we didn't even have a school placement. So every single thing is a challenge. You have to fight. But I, well, I want the means testing moved to needs testing. So I want the individual being cared for assessed for their needs. Yes. And take that into context. <coughs> and take carer's allowance out of social protection because it's not a social welfare payment. We're working. Yeah. You know, yeah. some of us, there's no roster, there's no clock, there's no breaks, yeah. there's no annual leave, there's no time off. It's work and and it's not taken into context. So it's, the amount of money that the state has been saved yes. by us caring for our loved ones at home yeah. is 
thousands and thousands per family a year. And they see us as a burden on the state while actually we're saving, saving the state. Saving the state. So it's, it's a lot about changing our perception as how we see people who are caring in their homes. Um, as, as, as you say, they are saving the state money. Um, and instead of feeling like you're getting some kind of special kind of, you know, uh, charity help, you should be being paid a wage, which I think, you know, makes makes perfect sense. I really like that what you said that the means test should be changed to the needs test. Yeah. And, and you know, in that as well, if you're means tested, you're means tested for the fuel allowance. You don't qualify for that either. Yeah. So, I mean, I've the stove lit all week already because the temperature has dropped because I have to keep willow warm. Yeah. So we're already easing into, you know, the money we put aside to buy fuel for the house. Um, now, we're doing okay, thankfully, but there's other families that aren't. And I mean, they're already on their knees and now we have this living crisis. Yeah. You know, the state failed to see also that if you're not supporting the family, caring for someone, you're actually going to create a bigger problem because those people can't keep going if they have no support yes. financially or physically. You know, we have to, the line has to draw somewhere and people just can't do it anymore. And, you know, put the investment into looking after carers. Yeah. See us in a, a different category, you know, and treat us with respect yeah. and recognise what we we're doing for our own family. Nobody knows when their tomorrow, my today will be their yes. tomorrow. Yes. Not one person knows. Ten seconds, like the day I went in to have Willow. Your life changed. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You know, and nobody can think that it's not going to touch their door. I know. Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time uh, uh, to talk to us today, I think, and for the work that you do on behalf of carers. You shouldn't have to, but it's an important message to get out there. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us. Thank you. Welcome back to Late Lunch. Now it's time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. <laughs> I wish you could have heard uh, Louise was actually singing the song that you're going to be listening to in a few moments. Uh, apparently it's her favourite Duran Duran song. Duran Duran are our artist of the week this week. Um, and their follow-up album to the album Rio was called Seven and the Ragged Tiger. It was released in November 1983. It was the band's first and only number one album in the UK charts and it would prove to be the last studio album for the band's most well-known lineup until 2004's Astronaut. Simon Simon Le Bon said that the album is an adventure story about a little commando team. The Seven stood for the five band members and their two managers and the Ragged Tiger is about success. So it was basically seven people running after success. That's what Simon Le Bon said anyway. I'd say he made that up right whenever anybody asked him uh, that question. Anyway, whatever. Um, One of the tracks from the album was a Nile Rodgers remix of The Reflex, which became the band's second number one single in the UK, where it was in number one for four weeks and it was their first number one in the US. It was around this time, of course, that Princess Diana famous, famously announced that Duran Duran were her favourite band. Um, and of course, they also famously played Live Aid in 1985. Their Live Aid set um, was A View to a Kill, Union of the Stake, Save a Prayer and this one, The Reflex. <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
I've been listening to that song since God was a boy. And as I say, I consider myself a big fan of Duran Duran. Louise here is the first person who's ever said to me, why does he say dirty flex? I never noticed that he said dirty flex. <laughs> so if anybody knows, does he say dirty flex? I think he does. Um, why, why, why has he suddenly got a Dublin accent? I have I've absolutely no idea. But that was uh, the reflex from uh, Duran Duran. Right. Now, if you've been paying attention to Late Lunch while I've been presenting it, you might have noticed a theme or two. And one of those... Unintentional themes, uh, but themes nonetheless. One of those has been kind of about wildlife and about rescue and about uh, preservation. I spoke to Killian in Wild Ireland um, last week about bears and wolves, and I spoke to Owen on the Barra Peninsula this week about rewilding the land. So when I came across the story of a special project that Prosper Meath had taken on, I knew I needed to find out more. So uh, this story, which uh, has a connection with wildlife and animals and all the rest of it, I knew I had to find out more because this is about a special project that Prosper Meath have taken on. On. Um, and so to tell me more, I'm joined now on the line by Kelly Kniff, who is the service lead at Prosper Meath in Navan. And she also has with her service user, Emma Mooney, who hopefully we'll talk to as well. So first of all, Kelly, how are you doing? You're welcome to Hello, Late Lunch. how are you? I'm uh, good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. I'm not too bad now. It's nice to talk to you. Listen, first of all, will you just tell our listeners, in case they don't know, what is Prosper Meath and what do you do? So Prosper Meath is a day service for adults with intellectual disabilities, uh, where we come under the umbrella, I suppose, Prosper Group, both Prosper Fingal and Prosper Mead. Uh, we're a community-based not-for-profit organisation that provides services and supports for adults with intellectual disabilities. Great. And roughly how many how many service users would you have there? So in the service here in Leesbrook, we have 20. Right. Um, but in total, we would have 511 service users between Prosper Fingal and Prosper Mead. Fantastic. Okay, so this particular story started because you and the the people who use the service there were looking to do a project that would help the environment. Is that correct? Uh, Absolutely. To help the environment and to give back, I suppose. And one of the things we noticed was we had an awful lot of shredded paper in the service. So we wanted to make a good use for that. So with that on board, we contacted our local vet here in Navan. And they gave us the number for um, a fabulous lady called Sophie in the Kildare Wildlife Reserve or Rescue to see if she would have a use for the the recycled paper. So I suppose through talking with Sophie, she asked us a little bit about what we do here in Prosper and asked about some of the activities that we do on a daily basis. And one of the activities we started to talk about was the knitting group that happens here in the service every Tuesday. Um, And I suppose that's just where the idea started to catch legs. Okay, so combining this waste paper and the knitters and and the the, the stuff that they were knitting there, what was it that uh, Kildare Wildlife Wildlife Rescue suggested that you actually make? So they suggested that, or they asked, they put it out to us to see if we would be interested in knitting uh, birds for, or or not birds, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Be very good to knit some birds, songbirds. Would be absolutely. So with that on board, I threw it out to the group here and the Kildare Wildlife Rescue were actually able to give us um, patterns that the group could knit. So it's anything from very easy patterns to then a little bit more difficult patterns and um, felting and stuff like that for baby birds. So these are so, for little little nests for the baby birds? Yeah, for orphaned birds especially, which is something that, you know, they have lots of orphaned birds, especially during breeding seasons. Sure. Um, Okay, is Emma there with you at the moment, Kelly? Would she would she, she like to? T- okay, can you pass over to Emma? I just want to ask her: Did she did she make? Emma, are you there? She is. Hi, Emma. 
Hiya. Hiya, my name is Barbara. How are you doing, Emma? Um, all good. Good, good, good. Did you make one of these nests for the wee baby birds who were abandoned and in need of a nest? I did, yes. Did you? And what was your what was yours like? What colour was it? Um it was um it was brown. Brown. And was it hard to make, Emma? Um not really, no. And how long did it take you to make it? Um a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Okay, and so did did some of your friends there, they also made nests as well? Uh, they did, yeah. Okay, and have you had a chance to go down to see um, the Kildare Wildlife Rescue to see how they use the nests? Um, I did, yeah. You did, did you? No, no, no. Um, not yet? Not yet. Okay, but you hope to do that? Um, I will, yeah. Great, great. That's brilliant. Well, look, well done. That's such a, a a lovely, lovely thing to do. Will you put me back on there to Kelly? So, Emma, nice to talk to you. Thanks a million. Hi, very well. How are you? I'm good. So, Kelly, have you? So, how many nests in total did the did the group make roughly? So, the group made five nests so far, and we hope then to knit a few more for the for the rescue. We've been in contact with Sophie. Um, through this whole, throughout this whole project so the group are hoping to meet with her very soon to give the nests and hopefully then we can start on new projects for, for the rescue as well. They don't just look out for orphan birds, it's hedgehogs, otters, birds of prey, badgers so the, the list is endless so we hope to, to take part in a couple of different activities with them. Wow, that's exciting. And will you be able to plan a day trip then maybe down to see the, the work and how, how it's being used for these animals? Absolutely, it's something that we definitely hope to do. That's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm trying to think of what kind of a net. I have actually, I went to great, well, not great expense. It was reasonably cheap. But during the lockdown, we bought a hedgehog house um, in the hope that we'd have a hedgehog that might hibernate in it over the winter. And we set it up in a nice place that was quiet in the garden and in a little corner and it was under the trees. And sure, we're still waiting for a hedgehog. So I might might have to come down to you there and prosper me then see what have I done wrong. I obviously didn't make it cosy enough for the hedgehog. We'll definitely. Help give you a few tips for sure. <laughs> Listen, that's super work, and the story is lovely. I mean, the 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 kind of cooperation between two organisations um, in order to help these uh, orphaned birds and other animals, as you described, there is just a, a wonderful synergy altogether. So, thank you so much for telling me about it. Um, Not at all. Thank you for having us on. It was a pleasure, and I hope uh, you guys have a nice weekend. And thank you, Emma, for talking to us. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you now. And that's our lot for today. Um, I'll be back here again for our final day tomorrow, uh, half past one here on LMFM. I think we're leaving you with a song and this is George Ezra, but don't go away. The drive is after us. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.